The cannabis industry has launched in Massachusetts and $16 million in gross revenue has been generated in six weeks. Whoa, that's a lot of dough, man. Yes, indeed. And one of the pioneers and entrepreneurs from the cannabis business is Mark Shepard. He's one of the founders of the New England Cannabis Convention, where this podcast started almost a year ago. So don't blame me. No, I'm only kidding. Mark's in studio with us. We'll get to Mark Shepard and the New England Cannabis Convention in just a moment on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Hi, everyone. Welcome to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Today, we are welcoming in Mark Shepard from the New England Cannabis Convention that starts in March at the Heinz. Now up to three days of exhibits, seminars, and a whole bunch of information that you can get both as a business person and as a consumer. And we'll talk with Mark in just a moment, but a reminder that this podcast, once again, is available on the clnsmedia.com website. It is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, and a video recording for the weedtube.com. You can also find that video on the brand new Cannabis Multimedia Network.com. That's where you can find this. You can also find tremendous support for the industry and for podcasts like this one from one of our supporters, the Revolutionary Clinics, located in both Cambridge and in Somerville. The Revolutionary Clinics, obviously, are the ones that you want to go to to get the knowledge you need to become a user of cannabis responsibly and as a medicine. They have tremendous patient advocates who pride themselves with expertise that help you find that right medicine and explain the right way to ingest it to improve your life. That's the Revolutionary Clinics at 67 Broadway in Somerville and 110 Fawcett Street in Cambridge in the Fresh Pond area. Mark Shepard, thank you so much for coming in today and joining me in studio. Thank you so much for having me, Jimmy. It's great to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the people that have an education and understand what they're doing are going to have a big leg up when this really blows up, which it's it's already going to happen. It just it's right in front of us. Right. And and, and it's fun to watch. I mean, we're both we're both getting a kick out of the fact that we can talk about this openly now and discuss some of the nuances about it and some of the differences in the laws. And these this is here to stay now that it has been voted in. It's here to stay. It's just going to evolve now one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. It's done. Is it when I was in college, all my all my friends in college probably predicted I would be in the cannabis business. They just didn't know it would be legal. Isn't that amazing? And I don't know how many years ago that was for you. About 30. Okay, so it was 40 for me. So now we can kind of put the we know exactly how old each one of us is. Um, But Mark Shepard, again, I, I first of all, you did a great job walking in the doors of the Heinz last year, not really knowing what to expect. Knowing that there was a stoner influence, uh, the, the one demographic that people know right now is that the Waken Bakers, the stoners that are out there, but there are a huge percentage of users that are at the sea level in our businesses that aren't coming out and explaining that they have been using for 20, 30 years. Right. They're still just you know, writing the checks behind the scene and investing in it because they recognize there's going to be a huge market and a huge industry. Um, Do you think that we should have more um, proactive business people than what we have now? I mean, to get away from the stigma of the stoner and the wake and baker. Well, I, I think it is important. And that's one of the things, 
as you've seen, you know, other events, we, we've been very adamant in Boston. We could go to another venue that would allow us to display plants, maybe even, um, you know, have samples because, you know, gifting is free. There's not, we, we don't go that route because I've, I've been to other events like that. They're fantastic. I love them. I was at the, I was at the Harvest Cup, um, in Worcester in December. Awesome show. We had a booth there, um, plants on display. They actually had a, a what they called the, the Zen zone where you could consume medically, legally there. Um, people were gifting all over the place. It's a great event, but it's not the business event. Right. You know, and so. I get what you're saying. Different crowd at that event. I love all those people. I love being there. But if and because I get pressured, like like you really need to have a place where people can medicate. You have you need to be in a place where people can have plants. And I just said, the exhibitors don't want that. Right. The exhibitors want to talk to somebody who's going to come in and buy a fifty thousand dollar extraction machine. Right. They don't want to explain how that fifty thousand dollar extraction machine works to a crowd of stoners. Stoners. They don't. And and I don't say that dismissively. And I mean. I'm a stoner in, at a lot of events, yeah. but but that's not what we do, and that's we've we've been able to change the crowd year by year. Every the stoners come once, right. and they go, oh, there's no weed here. I can't even smoke inside. Then they don't come back, and I probably say, you know, I we advertised it. We told you it wasn't right. a pot, you a know, non-consumption event. It's a non-consumption event. It's not even displayable. Like right. you can't even have it in your booth. So, um, and I definitely think that's important because that's how you get the legitimacy. That's how you change people's minds when they say, "Oh, this is actually business. This is actually people's careers." It's not, "Oh, I want to get in the weed business so I can get high every day." No, right. I, w- I want to get in the cannabis business so I can be a millionaire. Right. You know, and or, that's or that's least, what people want. Or at least a lifestyle business, something that can provide you an opportunity to make a living. Yeah, absolutely. And Jobs, careers, entrepreneurial opportunities, they're all right here right now. And the faster that we get people here started, the better it will be for when that national thing comes. And that when you were talking about getting the business in, that was the biggest problem we had in mass was when you look at it as cash burn and you say, we passed legalization in 2016, and I, and I won't bore you with this, but it's, it's bug, bugged me for a while. 2016, you had all these businesses in Colorado and Oregon. They won the wars out there. There was a battle of attrition. The winners there at, every, at everything, the dispensary owners, the suppliers, the lighting guys, the soil guys, and they have cash flow and they have experience and they have a brand. We pass it in 2016. A ton of people jumped right into the business. I'm going to open a grow shop. I'm going to open a light shop. I'm going to open a school. I'm going to do this and that. But it took. But nothing happened. Right. So for two years, those businesses had no income, no market, no one to sell. They went broke, while the people out west just sat and waited. Now it's three years later. Those people want in this market. Right. Half the people that they would have competed with in Massachusetts are already out of business. Mm-hmm. And that's a tragedy. And that's why we need to get these local events together, fill it with local people, make them realize you don't have to hire a marketing company from Colorado. You don't have to buy your soil from, from California. You can get all this stuff from your neighbor right here. doesn't matter if it's a $5 billion industry in Massachusetts if all $5 billion goes out west. We need to keep it here. Right. Absolutely. And and because it's regulated now, and that's the whole point of legalization, it wasn't just a big battle between the people who wanted to get high and not the people who wanted to get high. It, it's, it's really about knowing where your product is coming from, how it was grown, what seed it came from, because each strain, you made the microbrew analogy, uh, is different. It's going to affect you differently. And, and that's, uh, again, a, a challenge for everyone who, who wants to actually learn about this, right. too. 
big difference between alcohol. Alcohol is alcohol. Yeah, but I wrote a blog on my website, CannabisMultimediaNetwork.com, about what, in 1937, the wrong drug got uh, legalized. Let's reverse it. Sure. So now now we've made alcohol legal in this state for the first time. Homegrown turns into home stills. Uh, You're going to learn as a consumer, how much can I consume of this beer product? How much can I consume of this spirit product? Right. And what effect will it have on me? Because everybody's metabolism is different. It's really, again, it's another adult use product that has you have to educate yourself about. And more importantly for all those parents out there, educate your kids. By the way, your kids may know more about it or think they know more about it than you do. Show them the science and research about it. Talk about it and talk about it in addition to just alcohol. Because, you know, I mean, I was a parent, little junior. You can't drink until you're 21. Wink, wink, because you're going to drink before you're 21 because you're going to experiment. You're a kid. You think you're invulnerable and you want to test it and you want to see what it's all about. You want to be an adult for crying out loud. That's the biggest challenge when you're a kid is you're not treated like an adult. You're treated as a kid and you don't know, but it's an opportunity now for parents to talk with their kids about both products and cannabis is always going to win that one because of the fact, it's a very simple fact, people die from using alcohol. People have never died from using cannabis at directly as far as uh, that goes. I mean, you can make yeah. a stupid mistake and fall off a cliff, you know, sure. but still. Um, again, point being, that is the always the number one argument uh, to start the conversation between those who support the alcohol world versus the cannabis world. And oh, by the way, Constellation Brands is a pretty successful beer company, and they're now in the CBD and looking at the cannabis growth industry too. Yeah, and they all will. What is the New England Cannabis Convention going to look like at your 10th anniversary? Are you going to be in the main convention center by that time, do you think? Can I put a goal out there for you? I'd be there now if they would take us. Um, Wait, they're not taking you. The We're at the Heinz, um, and we've been there for three years, literally because they're the only hall of size that will take our show in Boston. Wow, because um, the mass convention did not want to deal with it. They will not. They will hold beer fests. They will not hold a cannabis industry event. And again, you've, it comes down to you've got people. It's privately owned. You've got people on the board that are high in banking. Um, they're adverse to risk. Well, right. Is there really a risk? No, but that's that's easy for me to say. Yeah, I'm going to give Jeff Sessions. A, a, he's the one who stopped it. He's the one. When he opened his mouth at the beginning of this administration, I hate talking politics, by the way. But when he opened his mouth about it, all of a sudden, all the bankers got cold feet. Sure. Everybody did. They'd they, already said, they had already said no to us twice. Right. Um, but you're right. It, it really put a cold freeze on things because there's just no benefit in risk when you're in banking. It just, why would, I'm like, why would we do it? Right. Exactly right. And you don't want to expose your, the people that do business with you. And, and I get the whole business thing. That's why. It's so important. I really think all that lobbying effort, I don't want to see it federally legal tomorrow. I want it descheduled tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wait. The government's not open for business. Right. It's Oops. not going to happen tomorrow. No, that isn't going to happen <laughs> tomorrow, is it? Anyway, point being, again, once they move it off schedule, onto schedule two, it allows the banks to get involved. It allows the people who have invested 
millions, if not billions of dollars in this industry to actually grow and, and start and, and do regular business. And I, again, it's, it's not criminal, but it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. We're just we're just keeping the the gray market and the illegal market thriving. The right. longer we wait, we've we've at least come to the point now where we where the people who didn't believe it before now realize, yeah, way more people around you consume cannabis than you thought. There was just never any positive reason to admit it. And you know, you take an example. I'm a teacher at a school. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm not, but if I was a teacher at a school yeah. and I enjoyed cannabis, why would I ever admit that to anyone? It's just going to get me fired. And now as legalization comes around, people are like, oh, wow, everybody's, everybody does it. It's, you know, it's recreational. It's just like a couple of, of, of glasses of wine after work. That's all it is. I'm an adjunct instructor, and when I interview for the job, I make sure they understand that I host a pro-cannabis podcast. Okay? I mean, th- and it's, I don't want them to find out right. about it through, other, through the Internet. Because exactly. after all, I think you can actually find out about you it on the Internet. You probably can find it. So I make sure I'm transparent with that, and I've still been able to get hired for some adjunct jobs, which sure. is great. I'm still looking for full-time work, but that's another story. Uh, Mark Shepard, thank you so much for coming up here to Wellesley, to our studio at Little Park Media, to uh, chit-chat, get to know you a little bit better, which I really enjoy more than anything else that I do, is uh, I get to learn from the people who have paid their dues and have been in the trenches for years. I salute you for your efforts and what you've built in your comfort zone of business. And I look forward to the fifth anniversary. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Really appreciate the invite and uh, look forward to seeing you guys at the show. That's Mark Shepard from the New England Cannabis Convention. A reminder once again that this podcast is available on the CannabisMultimediaNetwork.com as well as CLNSMedia.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, and a video recording is on TheWeedTube.com. In the Weeds is supported by our friends at the Revolutionary Clinics in Cambridge and Somerville. At Revolutionary Clinics, you'll find knowledgeable and caring patient advocates who pride themselves with their expertise that will help you, their patient, find the right medicine and explain the right way to ingest it to improve your life through cannabis. That's the Revolutionary Clinics at 67 Broadway in Somerville and 110 Fawcett Street in Cambridge in the Fresh Pond area. For our technical director, Steve Helmuth, our executive producer, Joyce Gerber, and for my guest, Mark Shepard, I'm your host of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. We'll see you next time or listen to you next time. In the Weeds is a podcast produced at the studios of Little Park Media in Wellesley, Massachusetts for the listening enjoyment of our audience. None of the opinions or advice on this program should be considered medical advice or a substitute for seeing a certified medical marijuana practitioner or your local physician. All opinions and thoughts on this show do not necessarily represent the management of CLNS Media Group or Little Park Media.